Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and I'm joined by a, a guy who has the back of the head of an honest man, Ski. Thank you. And a, a man who would have been great at Euchre if he hadn't been stumped by long division. Truer words have never spoken. Brent. Um, I shed a tear every time I end up with a remainder. How does this happen? Well, today we are going to be going over uh, Season 6, Episode 12, Ebb Tide's Revenge. Uh, the happiest of episodes of Exactly, yeah. Uh, Brent will be doing our uh, recap today uh, with us doing our you know, otherwise normal format, giving our rating out of 8 slices of cheesecake, picking our MVPs for the episode. Um, did you guys have any uh, listener interactions or whatnot to mention before we started? Okay, well, I left it upstairs, so I'll have to... Uh, Maybe on next week's episode, I'll actually tell it, or maybe in a couple weeks from now, I don't know. But we do get a postcard from nice. um, from Metal Spice, a.k.a. Uh, Jennifer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, it's a postcard from her trip. Okay. Um, but not mailed on her trip? Correct, yeah. Okay. So she purchased it there and then mailed it from home. Gotcha. Um, That's what I do. Yeah, same here. Now, I can't remember because it's been, was it Sweden or Switzerland? Do you remember? Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. Um, so, yeah, so we did get a postcard, which I was a very nice yeah, surprise. Very cool. So cool. If she going to Sweden, I would have made sure that her and Mimi had the... Right, like European, <laughs> yeah, made <laughs> the connection <laughs> that so so commonly happens in exactly. <laughs> international waters. Exactly. <laughs> so. exactly. Have we heard if Lisa had a baby? Uh, we haven't heard. Uh, I occasionally, I have not replied to anybody on your uh, on the Instagram you abandoned, but I do occasionally <laughs> check in and see posts that other people have made. I don't think she has. At least as of the last time I checked, it seemed like the post was still her pregnant. But I'd have to imagine she's closing in on it. Yeah, I would think so. so. But anyways. Preemptive congratulations. Yeah, definitely. Or potentially post-emptive. And I would like to say that from what I've heard, there's no better way to get your baby to sleep than playing them episodes of Sophia's Choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you're... They're on uh, repeat. Exactly, just, yeah. Just loop them. I'll tell you, I, I think... Stuff like the baby while recording some. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll definitely say that, like... Based on our numbers, I don't think anybody new is finding our podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, our weekly listens from the newest episode haven't gone down all that much, but it doesn't seem like that. And it's really, it's weird. It's just since season six started. It's like, literally, the season five recap was normal, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> like, those last two seasons. Matthew that Matthew Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know he's going to fuck everything up. <laughs> Bunch of Hughes hags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. Everybody knows Golden Girls had five good, good seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe we'll come back for Golden Palace. Uh, but anyways, uh, well, I don't have anything else to add for today's episode. Uh, so, Brent, whenever you're ready to go into your recap, I'm, I'm good to go. Right, so we got Season 6, Episode 12, Ebb Tide's Revenge. Uh, this episode was written by Mark Sapkin, and his screenplay was nominated for Best Episodic Comedy at the Writers Guild Awards. Oh, very nice. Wow. He lost to the Rat Girl episode of Cheers, uh, coincidentally, written by a friend of the show, Ken Levine. It's, if it's been a while since you saw Cheers, that's the episode where Rebecca gets the gang to eat rice cakes and mm. both mourns the death of her favorite, favorite lab rat, <laughs> That's uh, one of my favorite all-time sitcom lines um, is from an episode with Rebecca in it. Mm-hmm. Where she says, she gets flowers delivered to her, and she says, uh, oh, why couldn't Mormon deliver flowers? And Sam said, I didn't know Mormon couldn't deliver flowers or couldn't send flowers. <laughs> 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 like, I knew they couldn't dance. Or <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. 
so the episode was uh, directed by a uh, cheese eating surrender monkey, McHugh Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it that international player again. <laughs> so, I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. Uh, the episode originally aired on December 15th, 1990. Uh, the 10 best movies in the theater that weekend were probably Aladdin, Bad Lieutenant, The Bodyguard, Bram Stoker's Dracula, A Few Good Men, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Malcolm X, Muppet Christmas Carol, Passenger 57, and Steve's all-time favorite, The Crying Game. Ah, very nice. I've never even seen it. Is it good? It's terrific. I'm assuming there's a joke behind that, but I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> uh. Should, should we enlighten them or just Please let them do. live? And, uh, well, the crying game is, I think, about a um, a woman who dresses up uh, like a man or portrays herself as a man. I believe that's the, the that way it be... goes, right? Or is it the other way around? Other way around. Other way around, okay. I've never seen the crying game, but it's been something referenced kind enough of, that uh, I have. almost ties into this uh, episode, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, actually, now that uh, now that you mention it. So. But I think that it's something where this the character, the lead character, is not wanting people to know uh, their gender. Yeah, so. It's like the plot twist at the end with a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of instances where the plot twist in the end for Ski has been a wiener. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aw>, you guys. <laughs> it's just, I'm glad you're an open-minded fella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the best album on the shelves that week was probably uh, Nirvana's Incesticide. Mm. I'm giving myself a bit of wiggle room in case history ends up deciding that the spin doctors win double duty. Was, the best <laughs> was that your one good album? No, Pocketful of Kryptonite was their all-time best oh, okay. album, but Home Belly Groove was that live album. Oh, uh, okay. It's I think a you're, great album. But. I still think you're safe. I think anytime it's a live album versus a studio album, when people are like categorizing the greatest ever, you're probably safe. Even if as a fan, mm-hmm. you think it's a better album. Yeah. I think history will still be on the side of the... curated version of it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about the Allman Brothers. I have to film more East. I guess I forgot about that one. (laughs) 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 Next time, Al. Next time. (laughs) Go argue your point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Y'all ready for this? Yes. (laughs) 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 Uh, now I can just imagine Ski dancing like that uh, guy from the Six Flag commercials. <laughs> the bald old man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, whenever I'm out and about living my life, and I see a dude that even looks remotely like the Six Flags guy, <laughs> I'll always do a double check just on the off chance that it is actually him. Do you think that that, that that guy gets recognized that he's ever willing to reprise the role, you know, for his fans? I would question whether he's still alive. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think he years. was probably that old when they aired. I mean, I think he I just... it was a bald cat. Yeah, that's what no, I got to figure, too. A younger man or Very probable, yeah. Even a prosthetic nose as well. Yeah. So it'll probably be hard to even recognize him, but do you try to demand that every old man you see that's bald <laughs> dance for you? Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, I see how you're doing in the commercial. Exactly. Shake a tail feather, let's see what you got. <laughs> Please, sir. I'm trying to get home to my family. <laughs> well... <laughs> This sounds like now it's become much more nefarious <laughs> circumstance. Like Fred has kidnapped this poor old man <laughs> to try to make him dance for him. He was taking the route, like, 
His family was kidnapped, and then Paris had demanded he find an old man. <laughs> I was going Alan's route, but I think that one's more creative. It's like, I searched high and low. <laughs> None of them will dance. Exactly. You're my only hope. Yeah. Nothing more than a little shuffle, but certainly not as animated. <laughs> See what you got. Yeah. Uh, so the episode starts off with a pearl necklace, a reference to eating mm-hmm. pie, and a description of the back of Lenny Linder Fox head. But this isn't going to be just another week of sexual innuendo. This is the week we finally get to know Phil and Big Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do, let's take a moment to discuss ten of the things we know about Phil. Okay. Uh, he was born via cesarean in Brooklyn in 1935. As a baby, Sophia dressed him in Dorothy's hand-me-down clothes because she thought he'd outgrow it. Uh, Sophia nursed him until he was 12, and she finally quit when he started coming home from school for lunch. <laughs> uh, right around then might have been when he became a fire starter. Uh, when he was 16, him and Sophia started to share an underwear drawer. He married a welder named Big Sally in 1964. Uh, they lived in a trailer park with their 10 kids. They also had a pet poodle who liked to dance around in a tutu. He'd walk over to the nearby payphone in order to call Sophia Collect. And every Christmas, he made Sophia a model of the nativity out of cheese. Ah, very nice. That, that's an impressive list that you uh, called. Yeah, did you did you go back through episodes and just uh, find all that, or did you find it online as a... Uh, just random film pages. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so once we actually get into the episode, we realize that the all-encompassing A story is going to be about Phil's passing. Right. Uh, so Dorothy's telling Rose about how nervous she is to be giving the eulogy. Uh, Rose takes the high road and doesn't remind Dorothy about how in Season 3, Episode 5, Nothing to Fear But Fear Itself, Dorothy had told Rose to get through her nervousness at delivering her aunt's eulogy by imagining the mourners naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remembered that myself. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this There's a clear answer to this. Now we just need Blanche to deliver a eulogy and we all set. Like, <laughs> stuck on a plane or something too mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, um, one of them had a fear of flying. Right, yeah. Have either of you two ever delivered a eulogy? I think we've discussed this in the past at some uh, point. Nicole has. Oh, has she? Yeah, for her one time. Yeah, well, I know both of you, of course, have lost uh, your fathers at you know different points in your uh, in your adult lives. So I didn't know if that would have been possible. But both both. Well, I know your dad, Brent, had a very small kind of service, right? Like it wasn't even much of us. It wasn't. He didn't have anything. Because that's how we, what he wanted, correct? Yeah. And I, then I think I said a few words at my dad's funeral about when. I mean, I was there, but I don't remember it, so apparently your yeah. performance wasn't very yeah, memorable. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, whenever your mom passes, I'll be looking for you to really That's bring right, my house yeah. down. Does it really count as a few words if all you did was like, hey, somebody's parked behind me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you get up. <laughs> now I get ready yeah. like to say something. The red <laughs> Honda's lights are on. <laughs> I'm locked in. <laughs> well, for you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we're out of flags for the cars, so one of you is going to have to try to just drive to the cemetery without the motorcade. So. Well, you know, Steve motorcade for his father's funeral took a circuitous route because he saw a dude on the side of the road who needed a ride. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls the whole the whole thing over so they can get a tire You know. You had to go to Meyer in order to buy a gas tank and then back to the gas station to fill it up and then out to the interstate to put the gas in the gas car. Well, that was the fourth part when he had the flat tire, too. And yeah, and then you had to change it for the guy while he's in his suit. Exactly. And he didn't have a jack, so he put the urine under the car. Right. Oh, wow. He's like, well, my dad was a helper just like me. Exactly. <laughs> so. 
Uh, That's just a joke about your generosity of spirits. Exactly. Game. <laughs> Glad we sprung for the strong urn. Right, was, yeah. The yeah, the titanium <laughs> urn that Dad right. deserved, yeah. So Blanche Andrews, uh, wearing a bright red dress, she tells the other Goldens that she'd spent the night consoling Sophia over the loss of her child. Dorothy says Sophia's probably in shock because of the suddenness of Phil's passing. The Goldens all agree that the only thing more shocking than Phil's death are the low, low prices that big gals pay less. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia enters, comments that Blanche's dress would look better on Phil, and then puts aside her mourning long enough to remind us that she never understood Phil's cross-dressing. Uh, she said it would have made sense if he was queer, Blanche, who I always suspected has had a homosexual brother, uh, says that <laughs> Sophia is not supposed to say gay. Uh, Sophia says that queer is the, um, the more appropriate adjective, and based upon 2022 guidelines, I think she might be right. Yeah, I think it has to come around. That I don't believe that it's, I mean, granted, any word like that you can use in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think she it is. uses a pejorative. But exactly. So Dorothy tries to explain to Sophia that Phil probably used cross-dressing to satisfy some deep psychological need. Uh, Sophia says that drinking alcohol would keep him out of dresses. Uh, I thought that was uh, Rose. I trying to get my wife out of dresses. <laughs> I thought that was Rose. He talked over Brent's joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> some barrel through it. <laughs> was it Rose? I thought she said, call me old-fashioned, but I thought, or why didn't he just drink? Yeah. Mm, so yeah. What, what did you actually say? I feel bad now for talking over you. Yeah. I just that he uses alcohol to get his wife out of her dresses. Oh, very clever. So, yeah. <laughs> Does it get you through these That's recording sessions, too? Oh, yeah, I've drank through these things. I've done everything through these things. <laughs> everything you say. Yeah. I mean, I like hard stuff. but you know. <laughs> uh, So Sophia asks if Big Sally is coming to the funeral. Uh, we learn that her name's actually Angela and that she hates being called Big Sally almost as much as she hates the fact that Phil is being buried in the Petrillo's Miami funeral plot. Those <laughs> Petrillo's have been in Miami less than a decade, but they've definitely put down some roots. Yeah, that is an odd thing. I mean, I realize that they need to have some sort of a device to make uh, the plot work. Why Why not put them there, right? Yeah, now? exactly. Why don't they just make it be in, in New York? Like, yeah, they've yeah, done episodes there, there before. Four funerals. Yeah. So I just really feel like they could have used those sets again. And, uh, and Sophia could visit her husband. Yeah. Yeah, really done it up for this. Because, again, why would Sal be buried in in right. Miami? <laughs> so, um, But I don't know. Well, don't talk about her current husband. Oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah. She rekindled things mm -hmm. for Max. Yep. Uh, so the Goldens discuss the fact that Sophia and Big Sally have been fighting for over a quarter century. Sophia's that, as far as Sicilian vendettas go, that's not too impressive. She then pivots to another aside about how the injuries seafood in their pasta and marinara. I still don't get it. It seems like the richness of the sauce would overpower the subtlety of the fish flavor, but what do I know? <laughs> so, um, any questions, comments, or rejections before I advance? I'm not sure where we're actually at on the episode at this point, to be um, honest. We've not gotten to the funeral. It's okay. So there was only a couple little lines in there that I remember, um, or that you didn't specifically go over. Uh, just, I think there was one that Dorothy was talking about Phil and says, you know, a man goes to buy himself an evening gown. You don't expect anything unusual, do you? Um, I think that's where he had his heart attack at. Yeah. And then there was another one where Sophia was talking about something, and I think you at least alluded to this, but she says, wait a minute, I think I switched from feud to food. And I don't know. I like that little play on words. So, But that's it. Hey, everything else you covered. I have nothing else to add. My guess is that Ski didn't even watch this episode or the second or the third one because he was just uh, rushing to get through. <laughs> right? That's it. Just so you know, I actually had the first two watched 
like three or four weeks ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. He's like, I know what part of the sandwich I have to make. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I haven't watched before we, like, so my plan, as failed as it has become, I wanted to actually have two or three of them already done with the recap and everything to surprise you guys. Mm-hmm. But I failed. It's <laughs> all right. Far too busy. and It's just been kind of crazy working from home. So. Mm-hmm. But I did have the first two watched with the intent that I was going to have them recapped and everything. And then, like, if you guys wanted to split the third one or I could just squeeze it in or something this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll go have these with you on the next one. I'll take the nouns and take the verbs. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call each other if we come across a gerund. <laughs> Sounds like a, a solid plan. I can't imagine how that could be any less efficient um, or not be more efficient than our current system. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to look up what the fuck a gerund is <laughs> to remind myself of that. You'll be reading quite a bit. <laughs> I think it's in the gerund, I-N-G. Yeah, it's, um, it's a noun that's acting as a verb. Um, it's Yeah. A form that is derived from a verb but functions as a noun and right. an ing. All right, let's go back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Enough for, for the reading corner. Right. <laughs> you could take a boy to the grammar rodeo, but you can't make him. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> All right, so we get to the funeral and continuing the great history of unseen NBC characters. Phil remains out of sight. Not counting Phil, my top five favorite unseen NBC characters are Vera from Cheers. Mrs. Columbo from Columbo, Maris from Frasier, Ugly Naked Guy from Friends, and Cousin Jeffrey from Seinfeld. Oh, very nice. If we expanded the list to include non-NBC characters, I'd add uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show's Lars Lindstrom, uh, the titular Charlie from Charlie's Angels, and Nanny from Muppet Babies. <laughs> okay. So I'll We do get to see her, though, from the knees though. down. Yeah. <laughs> what station was uh, Big Bang Theory on, you know? Uh, Big Bang Theory, Mrs. Wallowitz, uh, that was a CBS show. And I considered her, but then I decided not to. Because okay. you don't want to have anything too modern? No, I, I, I well, Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were watching the updated Muppet Babies from the 2000s. Exactly. Um, so although Phil isn't seen, he's described as looking peaceful, natural, and wearing a beautiful black teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also described as looking like he died in a Benny Hill sketch. Uh, which just goes to show that the Goldens don't just go low, they also make some highbrow jokes. Mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite line of the episode. I did yeah. like in that portion as well where, you know, Dorothy's telling Sophia what he's wearing and she says, oh, is it? Oh, I'm slightly ahead? All right, we'll go ahead then. Uh, so Dorothy goes to console Sophia and to inform her that Phil is being buried in a teddy. Angela arrives and again says that New Jersey would have provided Phil a better final resting place. Besides the fact that they, they'd have been able to find a priest who knew Phil couldn't handle long division, they'd have been able to invite Phil's ten kids to their dad's funeral. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to go to that anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean... You, they had work probably or something, you know? I thought you were going to say the whole line, but then you stopped. <laughs> where, where, so Dorothy tells Sophia, he's wearing a teddy, but a masculine teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Cool right. Um, <laughs> So the priest introduces himself and says that he'll be fine saying a few words about Phil. He can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. He says the Lord has given him a sixth sense about these things. Mm-hmm. For example, he can tell if a boy knows how to keep a secret. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's my second favorite joke of this thing. <laughs> Should we bring up the, uh, the, the thing about the, the Pope? 
You had sent a thing on our old text chat group. Uh, the Pope had asked uh, nuns and priests to erase porn from their phones oh, yeah. or, or devices of any kind. And I think you uh, texted back, uh, this could be our first four-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly disagree with that um, with that direction, in all honesty. Really? Yeah, because I feel like that porn provides an outlet um, for people who well, are... I'm not saying they can't look at it. Just clear your history. Uh-huh. You know, if you're, going, if you're going to the rectory and use the public yeah, computer. Uh, <laughs> make sure you can clear the cash. Or whatever. Yeah. We'll misunderstand the details. Oh, no, okay. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want the next nun to be exposed to your predilections. <laughs> right. She might have her own. Exactly. Uh, fair enough. Okay, well, if that's what the stance is, then, <laughs> yeah. then I support it. Exactly. Um. Uh, so Big Sally is played by Brenda Vaccaro, and uh, she might have been in Supergirl, but she's not super well-known to me. Uh, mm. The priest is played by Earl Bowen, and I believe he's the only actor to appear in three different episodes of The Golden Girls and three different Terminator movies. Uh, Rose That's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rose reminds the audience that she used to be a grief counselor, but before we can get too far into that... We see a group of grieving widows standing over Phil's casket. Uh, turns out uh, they're just the guys he played cards with every Thursday night. Uh, kudos to Mark Sotkin for not making a poker buddies joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy tells Angela that she'd like her to uh, stay for a few days, that there's no reason for the rush back to see her fatherless children. Angela agrees that those half-orphans don't need her, <laughs> but she says the makeup counter at Barnburgers does. Eventually, uh, Angela decides that if she can <clears throat> abandon her kids, she can abandon her job as well. The priest announces that it's time for Dorothy's eulogy, but before she can take the stage, the priest takes a moment to confirm she's not a cross-dressing dude like Phil. And Dorothy delivers a eulogy that starts off discussing all of the reasons she's mad at Phil and concludes with all of the ways in which he lacked wisdom. Call me sentimental, but there are actually moments in the eulogy that I related to, probably because I too have an unwise sibling. <laughs> uh, any questions, comments, or interjections? Yeah, I don't know. It seemed a little unnecessary to take a shot at your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I was committed to the mix. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, fair enough, then, I guess. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you covered or at least touched on the lines that uh, stood out to me. And there weren't really necessarily a ton in that section that really, yeah. you know, uh, shone above the I, I would say that the, uh, the eulogy was a bit kinder. <laughs> then you characterized it. Do you think it was kinder, really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the way she presented, uh, was she definitely did the things you said where she pointed out, you know, uh, some of his flaws and stuff as far as... Uh, but I think she put the onus of uh, blame mm-hmm. on herself and, and the group as well because mm-hmm. they didn't reach out to him sooner and yeah. life was too short. Yeah. I think everybody, you know, I think you just sort of had to pick sides and she was, you know, Team Sophia. As opposed to Team Phil. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with your interpretation of it also, I guess. Um, I don't think that... I didn't get the feeling that she was actually against Phil in any of it. Um, I, I thought it was just kind of like... Kind of a way of presenting it. Yeah, exactly. I thought The way I saw it was that there, she, she was pointing out some of the flaws in his life that they all shared. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, he didn't push to reunify with the family, but neither did they. Mm-hmm. And so now it's too late. Yeah. I mean, this isn't as... to go around. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is not like you on the wrong side of history like you are with Professor Cooper, season one, episode 20, <laughs> but uh, adult education, in case you weren't sure. But I would still disagree with your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So the final section of the episode takes place back at the Golden's Palace. Uh, Dorothy and Angela are chatting when Sophia returns from her walk. Angela and Sophia finally have it out, and we discover that the reason for their feud is a bounce check for $47 that Angela's father gave Sophia for a dowry. Angela, correctly, tells Sophia that her only begotten son suffered because of her stubbornness. She forsake a relationship with her grandkids over $47, and she hopes it was worth it. And Sophia, incorrectly, says that it was. We've had a lot of moments in the Golden Girls where Golden has done something that paints them in a bad light, but I think we've hit a new low here, folks. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't think, I mean, I think we kind of, we get one glimpse that it wasn't really the $47, you know, here in a few, or another yeah. minute or two. And that still does not paint her in any better yeah. light of the actual reason. Yeah. But yeah, making it seem like it's over a petty $47 would, I guess, be even worse, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but still. Dorothy, again, you know, tries to reconcile Angela and Sophia. Uh, Rose then reminds them, again, that she spent time as a grief counselor. Uh, she puts her training to work and starts the healing process between Angela and Sophia. She also tells an amusing story about how her cousin Ingmar would defecate out of an old oak tree. Uh, she tells the other Goldens that you wouldn't want to park your car under that tree, unless, of course, you wanted a little goose poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest joke ever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be, <laughs> but it's great because of the <laughs> juvenile nature of it. <laughs> it's a highbrow juvenile joke. Ju- juvenile ju- yeah. It just threads the needle between clever and stupid. <laughs> I call it a hot take. <laughs> do, do, would you like to have that as your epitaph? <laughs> Thread the needle between clever and stupid. <laughs> So long story short, you know, the moral of Rose's story was that you don't want your own feelings of shame to impact how you treat those you love. Sophia admits that she loved her son, but that she blamed herself for what he was. Angela says, and not for the first time this episode, that Phil was a good man. And the episode ends with another Sophia Zinger. But as punchlines go, I've definitely heard better than my baby is gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Quite the zinger. <laughs> That's my favorite joke of yours in this episode. <laughs> um, there was a couple lines in that last uh, that last uh, scene that I wanted to mention. I did like when they were, you know, of course, discussing this $47 that was never paid mm-hmm. to Sophia or the check bounced or whatever the situation was. Um, <laughs> Rose brought up how Charlie had turned down the dowry that her father yeah. offered, and someone said that it was something like a Some handful beans. of beans. Yeah. And then, so... Uh, yeah. Eventually, that handful of beans would stop jumping. Right, yeah, exactly. And then Rose like, beans. I'll have you know it was the biggest pumpkin of the season. <laughs> oh, that was solid. Um, then, yeah, the whole back and forth. I did think it was kind of... Yeah, I think, though, that, um, you know... I don't know how big the biggest pumpkin of the season was, but sure, shit was bigger than Billy Barney. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how big that how good that season was. It could have been a drought season, and maybe the biggest pumpkin was only an average-sized pumpkin. <laughs> but it just looked big by comparison. Could have been by weight, also. It could be, yeah. By uh, sort of height. Some pumpkins lay on the side. Are quite large, but not too high. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked, so Dorothy, you know, when she's trying to reconcile Sophia, I don't even know if you call it reconcile exactly, but Sophia and uh, uh, Big Sally, um, <laughs> she's running back and forth between the two rooms. Uh, Angela's in the kitchen and Sophia's in the living room and giving them both wildly um, inaccurate yeah, portrayals of the way like, the person. Like, 
give them what they want to hear so that they'll get together. Yeah, exactly. And then, then when they're on the way back in, she's like, yeah, let's go back in. We'll talk to Ma. Let's go ahead and go in on our knees. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't remember the reasoning that she tried to get for that. But. At that point, she finally figures out yeah. <laughs> that she's playing them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy that little back and forth. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, I think that was all that I had. Uh, did have a couple of guest actors in there. Brent's already touched on both of them. Um, but, you know, Brenda Vicario played Angela. 187 titles to her name. This is her only Golden Girls. Um, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. I figured I'd mention that since Brent's a big Quentin Tarantino fan. Yeah, that's a great hang. I love that movie. Now, where does that get on your list, though? Isn't that pretty low on your Quentin list? I think it's towards the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know you ranked them all not too long ago. Yeah. <clears throat> also in a Midnight Cowboy and a lot of Johnny Bravo uh, voice acting. Um, I feel like there was. Uh, oh yeah, she was played Gloria Tribbiani on a uh, on one episode of Friends, which yeah. I think just one or two episodes back we had the guy who played his father on Friends. Who played his father, Alex Rockin? The guy? No, it was the guy who. Um, he was the coach. The coach of the. What's that? No, not Jerry Orbach. <laughs> <laughs> he was the coach that you guys both thought was the plumber from a prior season. He was the coach of the, the asshole kid who wouldn't do his work in order to play football. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, like two episodes ago. <laughs> I know you've drank since then. <laughs> but yeah, and you guys both thought that it was the plumber from like a season one episode. And I was like, no, it's this other guy. You don't remember any of this? I guess this is I edit these episodes. So I have to listen to them twice. <laughs> <laughs> two, I don't remember. That's okay. Two episodes was ago was about six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a little while back. I'll, the I'll original episode is when uh, Dorothy and Rose are going to put the, the toilet in itself, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then wait, when the one two episodes? Dor- no, no. You the one from early? Yeah, yeah. like the season Dorothy one episode. Dorothy and Rose yeah. are going to put in the ro- the toilet themselves because the guy came in and said, "Oh yeah." Where do you want it? Right. He lays it in the front room, and then he will put it back to the actual bathroom. Exactly, and that's a different actor than the one who played the football coach yeah. in the and episode. Yeah, kind of scummy guy that tried to pressure Dorothy into giving the kid the passing rate. Yeah, I think offered to take her on a date or something of that yeah. nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. so for that. And then she uh, <laughs> she also did play uh, Tilly in uh, Ski's favorite Christmas movie, Nestor, the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. <laughs> so. Good for Nestor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, as Brent again mentioned, Earl Bowen played Father uh, Salerno. Three hundred four titles for him. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, he was in all three uh, of the best Terminator movies. Mm-hmm. Um, as Doctor Phil Silberman, mm-hmm. and this uh, you said three. This is the only. I think he's only in two Golden Girls, but then he is in one Golden Palace. So if you're yeah, combining them together, awesome. I don't yeah. think so. Oh, yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was in an episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, which we always do. played like a religious dude in all three of the Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't look to see what his character was in the third one, or in the Golden Palace, but um, I did notice that for the second Golden Girls. I think he's called Reverend in one, Father in one, and it's credited as Priest in one. Oh, okay. I guess the same thing as a father. Yeah, more or less. So. So. And then I four episodes of Mammoth's Family. I thought I'd put that in there, too, since... Oh, yeah, he played um, Carol Burnett's husband, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Sounds yeah. right. So, uh, I like Mammoth's Family. I know, that's why I brought it up. Um, I enjoy it too, not as much as you enjoy it, but, I, but I'm a fan as well. So Ski, how many, uh, or excuse me, who's your MVP for this episode? I give it to Angela. I figured, you know, she was able to, you know, she was a good wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. She was willing to put up with, you know, Sophia's grudge, if you will, for 26 years. 
Um, I think she had bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Ten children. Exactly. But, you know. Ten kids in a trailer home, yeah. I I would say she seemed less uh, hopeful, but she always seemed willing to talk to Sophia. Yeah, well, and the fact, too, that it's like not only that, but, you know, especially at the time, um, I mean, heck, even nowadays, people aren't very accepting of, of anybody that's not... Yeah, she um, lived for 26 years. Yeah, exactly. And she was supportive of him, supportive of his wishes and death as well. Yeah. So Even knowing, you know, what he was into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm going to... a good provider. I mean, he provided over 10 kids and, you know, mm-hmm. everything else. I, I don't know. Does that make you a good provider if you provide your with enough sperm for 10 kids? <laughs> I think she wanted them. Okay, well, fair. At no point did she like, you know, oh, I hate those kids. And she's working at the makeup counter? <laughs> <laughs> so who got your MVP, Brent? Um, I'm going to go ahead and, I guess, go with... I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Sally. Okay, so two two for Angela and so far? Yeah. Or did, did he go with Big Sally? Yeah, he did. Angela. <laughs> it, he went with Angela, I believe, but I'm going to go ahead and count them both as the same on my checklist. Really? Yeah, because it's the same character. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're going to be in too uh, too much uh, danger of her winning the MVP for the season <laughs> with her two votes. Um, I, I gave mine to Dorothy. I almost convinced myself to switch to Angela with my arguments for Ski's uh, choice, which. But I, I still Dorothy's who I who I came out with on my first uh, run through. Mm-hmm. So, how many slices of cheesecake ski? Well, at, at first I thought it was going to start with a run of five, wow. but say what? Wow. But like it, like you said, uh, it really paints Sophia in a bad light. Even if you factor in the fact that she was hurting inside from you know, shame and stuff of her son, mm-hmm. uh, she never address that in 20 plus years yeah and never forgave her you know daughter-in-law for that long or forgave her it shouldn't even be the right word really but you know what i'm saying like held that grudge yeah. so because of paying her such a bad light i gave it a three i think yeah well i guess i and i don't know if i even mentioned this or if you if you may have touched on it as you were going through your recap and i might have missed it but how you know she does at some point say you know, the dress thing, why didn't you fix that? Like, that's the real issue she has with Angela, is that she, you know, apparently... Well, then earlier she even asked, why didn't you bury him in a suit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, I mean, I don't know. That I understand a little more, um, but... Is it into a group? Yeah. What's that? Well, just because, yeah, it's, it's in a setting that, you know, a lot of people that don't know about his, you know, personal preferences would even know. So I, I guess I can at least, be like, I can understand why she might be upset about that but to then blame Angela for not convincing him to be a different person than he was right. like that I think uh, was worse that made me really sad honestly like I felt a little teary um, when I saw like that just was making me think of all the people who do go through life not being accepted by the people closest to them that they love the most um, and that's a very I don't know that's a very tragic thing for someone to have to experience I imagine so I think Angela should have thrown that shit back in her face she was like, you know, I only had him for 26 years. You had him for 29. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I guess she wasn't as quick on her feet as you would be. <laughs> or maybe she couldn't do long division either. <laughs> so how many slices does this one get for you, Brent? Uh, uh, like one and a half, but oh, for wow. all the same reasons that Ski gave. I guess yeah, maybe I went high then. <laughs> yeah. See, I was, I was kind of, I was in the same boat as Ski. Like, I thought there were aspects of the episode that were good. I thought Angela was really good in the episode. I thought Dorothy was really good in the episode. 
it's just a shame that they, you know, normally if there's one character who gets made to look like a piece of shit, it's Blanche. Uh-huh. Um, we don't normally get that yeah. <laughs> impression of Sophia. Well, but. I was originally going high because I thought it was a, kind of a brave topic to try. Oh, sure. I mean, they kind of poked, poked fun at cross-dressing and film stuff over the last many seasons. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time they took more of a serious look at people. But it's not... I guess the reason why I dislike this episode so much is it wasn't a critique necessarily of how Sophia was grieving, okay? Mm-hmm. It was just the backstory as to why she acted this way all these years. Yeah, like yeah. they never really... Yeah. It's not like, oh, she's not handling this well. It's, oh, she's been a shitty person for the last 26 years. Yeah, yeah that's not cool. That's true. Potentially yeah. longer. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. Exactly. yeah, we don't know how she treated Phil mm-hmm. when they were, you know, mm-hmm. still living together and whatnot, but... Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I ended up with a three three point five. Oh, so wow. yeah, better than you, and I guess better than Ski. Um, ultimately settled on. Mm-hmm. I probably could definitely be talked down lower to that after we've talked, but at Too the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's not going to make a difference anyway as far as the long term. Um, you know, scores work out. It was out a for very this one. sad ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very... And like I said, there were there were so many aspects of the episode that I thought were good. Um, but there were also some bad aspects. So three and a half is probably too high of a score. I'll admit that. Probably should be closer where Brent's at and even lower than where Ski's at. But it doesn't matter. It's definitely not going to be going down the Pantheon um, or in competition at the end. So, But anyways, uh, did you guys have anything else to add before we close out this uh, episode? Rest in peace, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is sad that we never got to see Phil on screen. But, okay. yeah. Who do you think should have played him? Dom DeLuise. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Good luck to his 10 children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. so I guess with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.